You're listening to the Sage Hill Podcast on Addiction with Dr. Chip Dodd and Phil Herndon. This is a new weekly podcast recorded at the Center for Professional Excellence. Hey, everybody. Welcome back in to the uh, Sage Hill Podcast today from Center for Professional Excellence, CPE, as most of you know it as. And uh, Chip and I have been talking about... Hey, Chip. Hey, Phil. <laughs> uh, we've been talking... Oh, yeah. yeah, you. Oh, yeah, uh, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. I was solo today. Yeah. Um, we've been talking about addiction. Big, yeah. big subject, as we said last time. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just a big thing. And I think we, may, I think, uh, we made a pretty big point last week of this thing is gigantic. Yeah, and we even talked uh, last time we, we got together, the, the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, with an, an epidemic is located to a population or culture. A pandemic has gone beyond all culture mm-hmm. and all, all geographical areas. It's everywhere, upside down, inside out, has taken control. And my, my, you know, as we talked about, my giant concern is that the word itself, addiction, is a, a Latin word. It comes from a, it's a, it was a legal term. And it ultimately, it meant the right of a Roman citizen to have ownership of another human being. And mm-hmm. I mean, addiction is the, uh, the uh, totalitarianism of Rome. I mean, it's, this is a, we're living in a frightening time, Phil. For sure. Uh, I remember um, it reminds me of No Country for Old Men. Um, Tommy Lee Jones. Yes, Tommy Lee Jones. He, he, in the old days, as a sheriff and deputy, somebody committed a crime or whether it was a drug problem or a uh, drug criminal, the bank robbery, he'd get his horse and you know, even in the modern era, with, and they'd go out into the Badlands and they'd capture the guy and come home. And as uh, the movie unfolds, Tommy Lee Jones finally says to, um, I, I don't know, his wife or somebody said, this thing's just bigger than me. In other words, <laughs> yeah. this thing uh-huh. is so far beyond any capacity to handle that we need, um, we need a revitalization, where you want to call it. We need reformation. We need a reformation of us finding out who we're made to be again mm-hmm. so we can do what we're made to do. But I just have a lot of concern. Mm, um, for sure. So we talked you know, about that last time. So I think that was plenty. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. you know, yeah, I think we did frame it up last week, how big it is, numbers and stuff like that. Well, you know, there, this big word, this big thing, addiction, you, know, you can read, you can look up, you can Google addiction. It's It'll say something like it's a disease of the brain based yeah. on reward centers and chemical things yeah. and can't stop doing it despite negative consequences, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But you have a definition that you, you've you kind of crafted through mm-hmm. time that I think really cuts through some of all the other stuff and brings it down to where, to where guys like me or a lot of guys, people out there in the audience live uh, addictively and did yeah. for years that, that defines it, I think, kind of kind of on the shelf where most of us live. Yeah, and, I, and, and, and on the shelf, and also um, it, it points to, um, uh, to a sort of a territory of living that we spend our time ignoring, but addiction in and of itself is not the badness. What we, what we do in addiction is often ends up being very, very corrupt and tragic um, mm-hmm. and, and, and just just sad as it can be. But addiction in and of itself is really uh, a person in the beginning, especially. It's an impaired attempt uh, to uh, find the life we're made to have without paying the price 
of what it costs to live fully. Uh, addiction is an attempt to find full life without having to deal with the cost of what it, 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 we have to pay to have a full life. Another way of saying it, it's an impaired attempt to have a full life without having to feel fully. Yeah, I was going to say, so what's the cost? There's got to be some way to avoid having to live life on life's terms. Mm -hmm. Because most people who become addicts, we were never um, uh, helped or shown or really uh, led to um, know what to do with how we're created as feeling creatures. And you and I are truly created to do one thing in this life, and it's live fully. Even the DNA imprint, which we won't necessarily get into today, Mm -hmm. I won't do next time, Mm -hmm. but we're DNA imprinted with a craving to live fully. Mm -hmm. And as human beings, the only way a human being is fully alive is through relationship. You and I are are created as emotional and spiritual creatures, Created to do one thing, thing in life, and it's live fully. But we can't live fully as humans unless we're fully present emotionally and spiritually in relationship with ourselves, others, and God. So it's the very fact that we're created, blueprinted genetically, to, be, to have to live in relationship to find fulfillment means that we're born powerless over how we're created, and either somebody shows us how to live that, we have to have guidance and training to do it, or if so, nobody shows us or we're ashamed of how we're made because we're genetically wired like that, we have to find a way to live full, fully some other way. So that's where the counterfeit fulfillments come in, relief-seeking in some other fashion. That's where lust takes the place of craving because lust is an attempt to find a satisfaction without having to be vulnerable to neediness. Mm-hmm. you know. And craving, the craving we're born with for life exposes us to neediness and, and, and feeling. So as emotional and spiritual creatures, what's amazing is that if, if we don't know what to do with feelings and know how to utilize feelings as tools to live fully in relationship, frankly put, honestly and truly, you become addicted. Mm. Whether, whether a person is in the, 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 the addiction is so much bigger than the classic things, alcohol, drugs. Mm-hmm. It's control. It's addicted to um, uh, achievement, even religion. Anything that takes me away from having to deal with life emotionally is almost always something that becomes obsessive and compulsive. So if a person is out there saying, well, I mean, I don't, I, I like Netflix, I like Blacklist, I like candy. Yeah. Well, how would a person know, man, I'm, I'm an addict, I need help? That's a good question. You know what's funny is, if, if I'm an addict and I need help, I'm usually the last person to stop and recognize it, right? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Because I built a whole fortress of uh, minimization and justification and blame and projection uh-huh. and denial, which means blind to seeing my life. However, down inside of every addict, down inside of all of us, there's a little whisper mm-hmm. that says, uh, I've got a problem. Yeah. This thing's bigger than me, like Tommy Lee Jones, and this thing owns me, and I'm scared, or I'm angry, or uh, facing the truth that this thing controls me. I can't stop it, and that's the deal right there. How do we know we're uh, addicted Uh is when we are truly, um, when candy turns against me. When, uh, what was the other example you used, candy? Netflix, Netflix, when Netflix turns against me. 
when I begin to ignore, sacrifice, minimize, or run away from relationally Mm -hmm. living, then I'm powerless over this thing that I do, and my life becomes unmanageable, which means I start to pay consequences, difficulties at home, distance from the people that care about, hiding mistakes at work, isolating myself emotionally, keeping secrets. Uh, People become things that we have to manage and avoid. I mean, you know, the list of things we talk Mm -hmm. about with the pitfall of leadership, Uh which we need to do. Um, So powerlessness and unmanageability. But what's wild, Phil, is that when a person faces powerlessness and unmanageability, as you and I both know, what's scary is it returns us to our original inborn powerlessness. Uh I'm created to live in relationship. So we go from addiction to, you know, substance, place, or thing. And when we let go of that, we're rendered vulnerable. And so what's amazing is we'll never learn to say no or never say no to what harms us until we have something to say yes to. So when a person becomes abstinent, admits powerlessness and unmanageability, at that point, someone needs to be able to or help step in to say, let's talk about how you're made. Uh-huh. Let's talk about you as an emotional and spiritual creature. Do you know? Oh, so, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I love if the that. gap's not filled with a yes, I'm never going to stop saying no. Yeah. I've always loved that definition. Since I heard you say it the first time about, you know, without paying the cost the call. It is costly to be in a relationship. It's costly to be known. It's costly to not have that thing I go to to get away from myself, my own identity. So, yeah, impaired way, shortcut. Yeah, and you know, we, you and I have talked so many times before that it, if if you're going to love, and if I'm going to love, um, probably one of the worst things we could ever do is have children. If I'm going to love, probably one of the worst things I could ever do is get married. You know, get into a committed Uh relationship. Oh, yeah. Because as soon as a person gives themselves over to love, they've signed a contract Mm -hmm. of pain. Yeah. They've signed a contract of fear. They've signed a contract of hurt, loneliness. They've signed a contract of sadness. And sadness is a great expression of love. Whenever we lose someone or or, or even, even living in a relationship side by side and the person disappears emotionally, that's sad mm-hmm. it, it makes us want to move to cry out where are you so that i can be present with you again so that we can be together so as soon as we love we we're initiated into pain and if we don't know how to deal with pain including celebration then we can't live love and we're made for the experience the fullness of love to love living to love loving to love others to love ourselves to know that God loves us and we love God. So that's the fullness of life. But if you can't grieve fully, you'll never be able to celebrate fully. So feelings are the deal. So we know this. Addiction is the thing we do to take us away from feelings. Mm -hmm. Boom. That's the poison. Okay? That's the spider bite. Yeah. What's the antidote? The antidote to addiction is not more chemicals or more cognitive solutions or more... Skill-based learning; those are secondary. Trying harder. Oh, and boy, that's right on. Or even a lot of treatment programs—they do all the skill-based cognitive work. 
Mm-hmm. But see, addiction is not a cognitive problem. No. There's, there's nothing wrong with the brain of the addict in so many ways because in terms of the thinking brain's thinking whatever it's got to do to get whatever it needs, it's an emotional problem. And, and it's a limbic issue, so to speak, or a matter of the heart. So if we don't know what to do with feelings, then we're not going to get recovery from addiction until we get recovery of who we're made to be, yeah. which is a relational creature. Reminds me feelings, that feelings, feelings. there's a scene, um, one of the, I'm not a big connoisseur, Lord of the Rings movie. I can't remember. I can't keep it straight. Yeah. There's a scene where, and people make fun of me. I can't remember if it's a dwarf woman falls in love with an elf man or vice versa. But one of them falls in love with <laughs> the other. You one. don't know your fantasy characters. I, I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a scene in which the, the man, a woman and man have fallen in love and they're from different camps. And um, yeah. he's lying there dying. And the woman that loves him is leaning over him, and yeah. she looks up at her like her commander and says, "Is this love? If it is, I don't want anything to do with it." Boy, that's well said. And she's hurting and scared and yeah. afraid, and wanting to do anything she has to <laughs> to get away from it. Yeah. So, question about that, like you know, well documented, um, you know, love relationship, emotional, relational, spiritual creature, yeah. those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So obviously, a question hanging out there, like it can't be ignored, is, okay, I know addiction is this impaired, you know, kind of shortcut I think I'm getting through yeah. not having to pay the cost of living. So what do I do? It's like, okay, I, I'm seeing I can't live without this thing. What do I do? Yeah, you know, um, a great simple question, and it's crazy it sounds, there's a great simple answer, and yet it's very, very hard to do, you know? Mm-hmm. And the simple answer, of course, we know first step, go to meetings, ask somebody for help, go to treatment, go to therapy, go get help sure. kind of thing. But once you've given yourself to seeking a solution, what you and I have to bring to the solution is H-O-W plus G-O-D equals a reduction of E-G-O. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's not a car. That's, that's not G-T-O. That's the most across I've ever heard. Okay. <laughs> So H O W. Let's across. I, I was going to say acrostic, but I went Rutherford County went across. Well, I didn't. I, well, thank you for that's an acrostic is a set, a bunch of letters that mean things. Yeah, well, actually, that's an across, <laughs> but and you call it what you want. Okay. <laughs> so let's let's H O W plus G O D yeah. equals a reduction of E G O. So H O W. Yeah. yeah. Well, wow. How does that help? Yeah. Well, okay. Thanks, Chip. That's yeah. wow. How about that? H O W. H O W means. I have to bring honesty, openness, and willingness to the process of getting this thing that I've never been able to get and to leave behind the thing that's going to drag me into the pit, okay? So honesty means my ability, including willingness, because it all sort of blends together, but my ability to tell the truth about what's actually happening inside of me. And to be able to tell the truth, what's happening inside of me, I've got to be able to name, identify, and be willing to express feelings. Because the truth about us is what we feel. You know, we talk about sentio ergo sum, the uh, Latin, uh, uh, I feel, therefore I uh, am, which is our way of uh, committing to a revolution against cogito ergo sum, uh, I think, therefore I am. Uh, so honesty is revealing the vulnerability of the truth about what's happening inside of me. And we talk about the voice of the heart, the eight feelings God's given uh-huh. us, eight feelings to be able to, to live fully in a tragic place. Secondly is openness. 
Openness means that vulnerability to be able to hear from others about their experience and their, their capacity to be with us in our feelings. So we feel our feelings. We tell the truth about them, which is openness. Uh-huh. Hand them over to the process. Yep. And then willingness is the ability showing it's an a, a action. It's a action taken to risking hope. Willingness is the ability to risk hoping again. Because so much of our despair, we've given up. Addicts have given up. Oh, yeah. Down inside, you know. Sure. They've resigned themselves. Like, hey, look, life's a crap sandwich. Eat it or starve. I remember that. And the way to, yeah. So willingness is taking the risk of hoping again, even though past experiences have said that hope is silly. Mm -hmm. We hope again, and we find new experiences prove our past experiences to be of the past. So H-O-W is honest, honesty, openness, and willingness, plus G-O-D is good, orderly direction. When I become honest, open, and willing, I need somebody in my world to say, this is the way, walk in it. Right. In other words, to somebody who knows what feelings are, mm-hmm. how to live and what the truth is, and they're willing themselves to seek help. In other words, uh, somebody who can, can tolerate being human themselves, and tolerate being in need themselves. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be attracted to somebody who has what I don't have. So I'm going to seek out doing what they do. So that honesty, open, and willingness is saying, I don't know how to do it. Do you? Mm-hmm. And they say, this is the way, walk in it. Mm-hmm. And I give myself to good, orderly direction. Because if I knew how to live, I'd be living. Right. So somebody's got to show me it's my mm-hmm. first time through life. I don't know how to do it. And the fact is, no matter what happens, the beauty of our living is we're WIPs. That's another acronym, but we're works in progress. Yeah. And addicts are all about perfection and shouldism. Mm-hmm. When the truth is, we're never going to be perfect, and all the shoulds in the world aren't mm-hmm. going to turn us into somebody perfect. Mm-hmm. Then what happens next through that process is that we have a diminishment of EGO, ego. But ego means all the things we do to ease God out, E-G-O. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm not just talking, you know, big God. I'm talking about all the things we do to play God because ego is a false front. It's the things we do to try to impress, achieve, fool, convict, trick, manipulate other people so they think we're somebody we're not. Mm-hmm. Because underneath the surface, under, behind the facade of every one of us who is in recovery was a person scared to death to think that someone could see who I really am yep. and not kind of puke or look away or say, you don't fit on, on, uh-huh. on the team, you know? Yep. That power of toxic shame. And addicts, we're, we spend our lives comparing our insides to other people's outsides. For sure. I mean, it's a Facebook world. I'm uh-huh. sitting home by myself, and I look on Facebook. Everybody's out there living it up <laughs> and sharing. I've been at the, you know, this ball, and I, my son's just got this award, and my daughter just got, you know, uh-huh. she's she's the she's the princess of England. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so I compare my insides to other people's outsides mm-hmm. and find myself lacking. Well, the truth is, I show my insides to other people's insides, and I find out how amazingly alike we are. That's I'm willing to put my ego down to live the true self because there's a true self behind that ego. For sure. It's ready to say yes to living. And I'll tell you, too, you mentioned, um, you know, H-O-W um, plus G-O-D. I, I, 
my own experience has been that it it has got to be in that order. If yeah. I did not start with honesty, like I had a tech guy, this is old Southern expression, had one of one of the first guys in my life I got recovery was son, you'd rather you'd rather climb a grease flagpole and lie than stand on flat ground and tell the truth. <laughs> which is true. Um, but you know, when I started telling more truth than just what I was drinking or what I was doing with my life and all yeah. that, and started talking about the inside stuff. Yeah. Then that content honesty was more natural. Like if I can do the inside stuff, tell you, tell someone what's going on in me, mm-hmm. what I'm telling the truth about outside of me, the content is a whole lot easier. Oh, and then that, the openness, yeah. if I if I can be truthful, I can be open and then willing. One thing you've said about willingness, we're going to start wrapping up here, but one definition I love, um, one of our NFL guys talked about this a lot, about two-a-days and all that stuff, but willingness is putting pain before common sense. Yeah. You know, so if I'm telling the truth of my insides, therefore being open to what I hear, open to new things, way of living, and putting pain before common sense, then adding the good orderly direction to that is almost natural. Boy, isn't that something? That's that love again. That uh-huh. love is a willingness to be in pain. And then the ego deflation, because ego deflation at first felt like everything <laughs> I had lived every year of my life not having to do. Yeah. Like, you don't understand, this is all I got. Yeah, this so, is my show. Well, this is a this huge subject that we'll, obviously we're not through yeah. with yet, but what, what what do you say to wrap up? You know, you reminded me, I'd re- you said, I'd rather climb, climb a greased flagpole and lie Instead of on flat ground and tell the truth, uh-huh. it's amazing. Even in recovery, the biggest thing is to be people who can ask the question in our interacting and living with ourselves, others, and God is, what's the truth? Mm-hmm. And, of course, the feelings are the truth, the beginning of the truth. But I remember a guy had been in recovery for four years. The guy says, hey, uh, can you go to lunch with me today? You want to go to lunch? <laughs> I said, I didn't like the guy. I didn't want to be with the guy. <laughs> I didn't want to be around the guy. And basically, every time I saw him, my plan was how am I going to get away? But we worked in the same place at a hospital. This isn't me, is it? No. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's funny. <laughs> See, that's egoflation at death. Right. And it reveals the true vulnerability and shame that we all carry, like, you're not talking about me. I mean, I still, when I hear the sound of my name, I still go, oh, crap. Oh, what? 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 I didn't my do trouble. It. I didn't do what it. Did do? <laughs> oh, but I still told the guy, no, I have to be in Dallas by one o'clock and then back here at, at uh, four. Okay. <laughs> I didn't have to be in Dallas at one o'clock. No. I just was going to do whatever I had to do not to go to lunch. <laughs> Instead of saying, hey, I appreciate it, but I can't, or I appreciate it, or no, hey, thanks a lot, but not this time. You know, I kind of tell the truth without mm-hmm. saying. Honesty doesn't mean looking at somebody and say, "I don't like you." Right. You know, you, you you know, you're sickening to me. I can't stand you. That's projection. Uh-huh. That's not honest. That's just that's abuse. Okay. Yeah. So what I did feel this is so this is pathetic uh, and, and sad. I guess or it's, it's really hard not to judge myself. You know, but I thought, oh crap, what am I going to do? So I left uh, uh, the hospital. I drove out to uh, some place and, and went in a store and got a, a bacon, lettuce, tomato sandwich <laughs> at like one of these counters at a quick sack kind uh-huh. of thing. Some independently owned, they had lunch. Drove out to the airport in Denton, Texas, uh. and sat out there at the airport 
watching airplanes and reading for for two hours. Yeah. And then drove back to the hospital later, you know, got back early and said, uh, you know, that, that's insanity. That's insanity. I'd rather climb a greased uh-huh. flagpole to tell a lie when telling the truth would actually be easier. Yeah. And yet that fear, that experience of the past, mm-hmm. that certainty of what's going to happen, you know, that works against honesty, openness, and willingness— and again, it works against even knowing the questions to ask, like, how do I tell somebody no? Mm-hmm. I mean, isn't it a something? So, That's amazing. Uh, addiction recovery is not just about absence and saying no. Addiction recovery is about how to say yes and live it how to live it and that's where that good early direction comes in so powerfully you know right on. somebody's got to show me how to live <laughs> yeah. i don't know how to do it <laughs> yeah for sure hey, it's good to be with you today yeah it's great one so, of the finest men i've ever met phil hern wow thanks yeah, it's true it's, it's true is are you that <clears throat> before i beat myself you can uh, stop hitting against the wall <laughs> yes it's going to stop hey thanks for listening we'll see you next time hey thank y'all bye Thank you.